Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide episodes Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, normally five days a week, but given the very unusual circumstances in the world and, and in baseball, we're doing three days a week uh, until things get back to normal. And on this show, we talk about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Coming up this week, we're going to continue looking at Giants franchise what-ifs, and we had a lot of fun with it last week looking at pretty recent scenarios and imagining what would have gone differently had those scenarios not taken place. So if you missed any of those, you can definitely go back and check them out, and we're going to continue with that theme this week, and today we're going to be talking about what if the Giants hadn't had the run of three consecutive drafts where they drafted Tim Lincecum in 2006 Madison Bumgarner in 2007, and Buster Posey in 2008 with their first-round selections. We'll we'll look back at those drafts in 06, 07, and 08, and what might have gone differently. We're going to look at some mock drafts, which had the Giants taking different players than who they ended up with. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll just jump right in with 06. So this was the year in which the Giants drafted Tim Lincecum 10th overall. It's really interesting to go back and look at these drafts and see, you know, it's so it's very easy to do a draft in hindsight when you know what these players are going to be. But that makes it a lot of fun when you look at it. You're like, what on earth were they thinking? Like, for example, the Royals took first overall Luke Hochaver, who really my memory of Luke Hochaver is that he never really was much of an impact player whatsoever in the major leagues. Rockies picked second and took Greg Reynolds, who was frankly awful with the Rockies in 123 career innings with a 7.01 ERA. Third overall, the Rays took Evan Longoria, so there's our first good pick here. Fourth overall, the Pirates take Brad Lincoln, who again, never amounted to much at all. Fifth overall, Mariners take Brandon Morrow, who became a pretty good reliever but has dealt with injuries for his entire career. Sixth overall, Andrew Miller, the dynamic lefty reliever taken by the Tigers. Seventh overall, Clayton Kershaw goes to the Dodgers. So a number of teams there, you know, one through six, and especially the teams that missed, had the opportunity to take Clayton Kershaw and passed on it. Number eight, the Reds took Drew Stubbs. Number nine, the Orioles took Bill Rowell. And then number 10, the Giants take Lincecum. So Basically, the argument, you know, the idea, what would have happened had the Giants not selected Lincecum? Well, another team ahead of them might have had Lincecum, so he could have been a Red, an Oriole, a Pirate, a Mariner, a Rocky, a Royal. And then who was left after Lincecum? Well, the Diamondbacks, with their next pick, took Max Scherzer. But if we look at the mock draft, that is not where he was projected to go. Not a lot of great names besides Scherzer, and and I don't know if the Giants would have taken Scherzer. So if we look at the mock draft from Baseball America for 2006, they do have Hochaver going to the Royals first overall, Greg Reynolds going to the Rockies second overall. They've got the Rays taking Brad Lincoln 
third overall or Lincecum, but they go with Lincoln as their pick, but they say Lincecum's in play there at third overall. Then they've got the Pirates getting Evan Longoria, which would have been crazy. Uh, Mariners taking Brandon Morrow. Tigers taking Clayton Kershaw. Can you imagine? And then the Dodgers taking Kyle Drabeck. Well, that would have changed things dramatically. Uh, Reds taking Drew Stubbs. Orioles taking Bill Rowell. And the Giants taking Daniel Bard. So what if the Giants had ended up with Daniel Bard instead of Tim Lincecum? And after we run through these drafts, I am going to look at like specifically the seasons that played out with these guys in the Giants organization. What would have been different? And we'll we'll just go with with the the mock draft and see if the Giants had instead taken Daniel Bard tenth overall. And in this mock draft, by the way, Rangers the Rangers are the ones who take Tim Lincecum twelfth overall. Cardinals get Scherzer thirtieth overall. So then, looking ahead to two thousand seven. Giants again had the 10th overall pick. Number one is the Rays, and they get David Price. Royals get Mike Moustakis, number two. But then we get a couple of duds here with Josh Vitters and Daniel Moskos going to the Cubs and Pirates. Matt Wieters, this was this highly touted catching prospect, didn't really pan out to be that impact of a player. Went to the Orioles, fifth overall. Ross Detweiler, sixth. Matt Laporta, seventh. Casey Weathers, eighth. Jared Parker, not the Giants Jared Parker, but Jared Parker, the pitcher, went ninth, and then there are the Giants number 10 taking Madison Bumgarner. Immediately after Bumgarner goes Philip Almont to the Mariners and Matt Dominguez to the Marlins. So besides the first two picks, I mean, not a lot of impact here, except Jason Hayward did go to the Braves 14th overall, but the Giants with a tremendous pick there taking Madison Bumgarner 10th. So looking back at a 2007 mock draft, Baseball Prospectus had the had the Rays taking David Price, the Royals taking Josh Vitters, the Cubs taking Jared Parker, Pirates taking Devin Mazzarocco, Orioles taking Ross Detweiler, Nationals taking Matt Wieters, Brewers taking Mike Moustakis, Rockies taking Matt Dominguez, Diamondbacks taking Daniel Moscos, and the Giants taking... Right-handed pitcher, Casey Weathers. All right, so, so far, according to these mock drafts, the Giants have Daniel Bard and Casey Weathers in their system here. In this mock draft, Madison Bumgarner goes 20th overall to the, you guessed it, Los Angeles Dodgers. How would that be if the, if the Dodgers had Bumgarner and Kershaw for their rotation in the early to late 2010s? All right, so looking ahead to 2008, Tim Beckham to the Rays, first overall, huge miss there. Pedro Alvarez, second to the Pirates, kind of another miss. He was all right. Eric Hosmer, third overall to the Royals, worked out well for them. Brian Mattis, fourth overall to the Orioles, and then Buster Posey, fifth to the Giants. Kyle Skipworth goes sixth to the Marlins. Yonder Alonso goes seventh to the Rays. Gordon Beckham, eighth to the White Sox. Aaron Crow to the Nationals. In case you don't know, these are just nobodies, basically. Some talent, maybe, but far and away the best talent in this in this draft, really, and in, certainly in the top, in the first round, is Buster Posey. Although Garrett Cole goes 28th overall, but does not sign. So in the 2008 mock draft for Baseball America, they have Beckham going first overall to the Rays, Alvarez going second to the Pirates, Royals taking Hosmer, Orioles taking Mattis, so everything is correct, 
and what actually transpired, but they've got the Giants taking Justin Smoke fifth overall. Here's the write-up. Word is that they covet Hosmer, so would they be willing to pay big money for Posey? San Francisco needs hitters, and they could get an elite bat like Smoke or Miami first baseman Yonder Alonso. Imagine if they had gone Smoke or Alonso instead of Posey, and they've got the Marlins selecting Posey sixth overall out of Florida State. So man, would things have been different in this crazy world. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, and eight chocolate nut free flavors. Unlike many other protein bars that are brittle and hard to get down, these are soft and easy to chew. And most importantly to me, they're great for the health conscious person. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Just to give you an illustration of one of my favorites, the peanut butter brownie contains 20 grams of protein, just 170 calories, and shockingly, just three grams of sugar which is crazy to me because they taste like a candy bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. They taste amazing. They're incredibly healthy. There's really no reason not to do it. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24, Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as the greatest all-around player in baseball history, as Giants fans know, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experience meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or are looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is the inspiring story of one of sports fans' favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 now wherever audiobooks are sold. All right, as promised, I want to Talk about what the ramifications would have been had the Giants ended up with players other than Tim Lincecum, Madison Baumgartner, and Buster Posey. And really, it's an interesting experiment to think about even if they had just not drafted one of those guys. If they had drafted two of them but missed on the other one, would everything have happened the same? And of course the answer is no. So it goes without saying that without any of those three guys, they don't have the success that they had in the early 2010s. And as a result, they would have continued to accumulate higher draft picks, most likely, instead of what happened, which was in 09 and 10 and 12 and 14. They played well, so they didn't get such high draft picks. So that would have changed everything. They would have continued to draft high in the first round and in subsequent rounds. But in terms of just the winning and the 2010 championship specifically, and then, of course, looking ahead, none of that happened. So let's Think about Lincecum first. So he comes out, uh, debuts in 2007, and is clearly raw but talented, and then comes out in 08, his first full season, and wins the Cy Young Award. So then he comes back in 09 and wins it again. So Lincecum quickly establishes himself as the best pitcher, certainly in the National League and probably in all of baseball, in the late 2010s. And then in 2010, he has another strong season, And the Giants kind of just barely sneak into the postseason. They're winning on the last day of the year. So without him, 
they probably don't make the 2010 postseason. And we'll talk about Posey in a minute because the same is true for him and Bumgarner. So they needed like pretty much every ounce of production they got in 2010. So without those guys, they're not winning the division. And then that 2010 championship never happens. Not to mention the performances in the postseason. Let's, you know, imagine the Giants got in, but then they don't have that 14 strikeout shutout one nothing win in game one against the Braves and the division series. They don't have Lincecum dueling with Cliff Lee in the World Series and the clincher holding the Rangers to one run in eight innings. So then Lincecum kind of started to decline faster than we would have hoped. So the rest kind of doesn't really come into play, except that he was a crucial part of the bullpen in 2012 in the postseason. But definitely a case to be made that just if they don't select Lincecum alone, they don't win in 2010. And maybe if they don't win in 2010, they don't also win in 2012 or 14. Who knows? But when you combine these guys, it's a pretty easy equation. So next we'll look at Madison Bumgarner in 2007. He made his major league debut in 2009 and then fully arrived in 2010 and threw 111 innings. So like Lincecum, Giants needed every ounce of production they could get. In those 111 innings, he had a three ERA. So he was definitely valuable and definitely a case to be made. They don't quite win the division if he doesn't debut and pitch as well as he did. Then, of course, in the postseason, he also pitched well, despite the fact that he was 21 years old or 20. And specifically, the game that stands out is that World Series game in Texas where he just shut out the Rangers, I think, over eight shutout innings, uh, made Vladimir Guerrero Sr. look foolish on some swings and, you know, started the legend of World Series Bumgarner. So without him... We don't know if 2010 happens either, and definitely when we look ahead to even 2012, when Bumgarner pitched extremely well in the postseason and during the regular season to get the Giants to the postseason, uh, that's probably the one year where maybe they don't need Madison Bumgarner, except he was the ace of their rotation, so it's hard to say they didn't need him, except he did have only 2.7 fan graphs wins above replacement. The Giants won the division easily. And they won the World Series easily. It was not an easy road to get there, but it wasn't really all about Bumgarner. But in 2014, it was. So in 14, Bumgarner had a tremendous year. 4.9 fan graphs wins above replacement. They sneak into the postseason, and Bumgarner starts the wild card game and pitches a complete game shutout. And then he just completely dominates throughout the postseason and specifically in the World Series, where he throws a great game in game one, complete game shutout in game five, and then five innings of relief or was it six i'm misremembering right now but five or six innings of relief in game seven shutout relief in a one-run game that proved to be the final score so i would just easily say that without bumgarner they don't win in 2014 arguably either of the others as well especially 2010 so then mr gerald dempsey buster posey uh taken fifth overall in 2008 he shows up in 2010 you know, made his major league debut in 09 and then showed up for real in 2010 and just had an incredible season, four Fangraphs wins above replacement in just over 100 games. As a rookie, wins the Rookie of the Year award. They don't make the postseason without Buster Posey, in my opinion. They would have kept Benji Molina probably, and Molina was not playing well at that point in his career. So Posey came in and just turned things around offensively and was a great defensive player too. 
So I don't think they make the postseason in 2010 without him. And then in 2012, this was his MVP year where Fangraphs has him at 10.1 wins above replacement, which is an all-time great season. He wins the MVP. Can't remember if I just said that. But definitely a case to be made. They don't make the postseason without Posey in 2012. If they do make it, they maybe just barely sneak in and they probably don't win the division. 10 wins above replacement is a huge, huge thing. You're talking, you know, if you have a replacement level catcher, you're 10 wins worse. And then he had that huge hit in the division series against the Reds that wouldn't have happened if they didn't have him. So I'm just going to say for sure 2012 doesn't happen without Posey and probably 2010 either and probably 2014 either. In 14, Posey put up 7.6. Fangraphs wins above replacement and they just snuck in as a wildcard team. So easy to say they don't make the postseason without him. So Posey to me is like the main piece in all of this. Without him, they just all those wins that even fuel them into the postseason don't happen. And Bumgarner is more so without him pitching in the postseason, they may not have won those postseason series, especially the World Series. So anyway, just imagine a world in which they don't have any one of those three guys or didn't draft any one of those three guys. Mock drafts aren't always going to be accurate. So fans will like freak out if the Giants pick someone different than what the mock drafts, you know, they they go, they reach a few picks for someone that wasn't where the fans thought they should be picking that player. But that's what they did with Bumgarner in 2007. And actually there was a bunch of, there was an article that was recently published somewhere showing the comments from Giants fans when they selected Bumgarner and fans were very unhappy and disappointed with the pick. But of course, in hindsight, that's not the case. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Remember to get this show three days a week. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Giants. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.